0: Conversations. It's cool date. Welcome to a spooky episode of Ooh. Convo's with Ghosts. I'm just kidding. It's con. It's chordates. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I I almost got our own podcast name wrong.
1: Ghosts used to have chordates, or well, chordata, a What is it called? Wow, oh my gosh, spinal There could chords.
0: be some invertebrate ghosts, Sammy.
1: I said could have.
0: That's true. Okay. Everything could be a ghost. We, we don't know. Yeah. Right? Um, welcome to the episode. I'm one of your hosts, Anastasia. And I'm Sammy. Hell yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween, everybody. We hope you're getting either slutty or scary or whatever the hell you want to be. Combination of both. It. A combination of both. Hell yeah. Um, you know, uh, invited to parties. Maybe not. Maybe maybe you're just watching some scary movies at home. Yeah. Eating a big that. bowl of candy. My
1: mm. favorite time. Or chocolates. Whatever you're into. Yeah.
0: it's You know what, though? Like I really miss Halloween as a kid mm-hmm. because you get a whole bunch a variety of candies and these yes. days I have to buy a bag and it's not variety enough mm. you know yeah I'm really upset about that um but um we could talk about candy for a whole episode but that is not why we're here today we actually <laughs> have a special guest Sersha Patton on the show welcome Sersha. thank
2: you happy to be here
0: yeah so um Saoirse, let's give a little bit of history I'm like, oh, my God, let's go back in time um so i used to teach sarsha back in the day um and and it was just a random conversation we ended up having after a, a tutorial after a yeah, lab it
2: was after the Tard dissection i think yes yeah. it was after the toe <laughs>
0: dissection that I, um you know you you listen you're a brilliant student overall but you know you I just saw the amount of curiosity you had in the animal and everything like that. And you were really good at the dissection, period. Um, and then we got to talking about... You actually have a previous degree. I do. Yeah. What is your other degree on?
2: So my first degree was medical science with a major in forensic mortuary practice. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <That> <laughs>
0: was was um
2: I know, right? <laughs> Telling people what I did, it was like... They were like... Ooh, or, Like, really interested in it. Um, So it was the first time they run that degree, actually. So the idea of it was to train us to become autopsy technicians. Right.
0: And so how long was that degree for?
2: It was three years.
0: Three years. And did you get to kind of do a lot of practical stuff with cadavers?
2: Yeah, definitely towards the end of it. um, It was... There was a lot of, like, anatomy units leading up to it. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of sort of lab material where you'd go in and, you know, look at all the... Veins and arteries and muscles and everything, but towards mm-hmm. the end of it, we started doing some dissections. Yeah. Um. So we had a preserved cadaver that we did a mock autopsy on, Ooh, which was wow. very interesting. How, How do you do that? a
0: mock autopsy instead of a real autopsy?
2: Well, since it's a preserved body sort of for anatomical teaching, it's less... Because the purpose of the autopsy is to investigate the cause of death. Mm. So we were not really investigating the cause of death. It was mm-hmm. more learning the techniques of how to eviscerate the body properly and right. things like that. So, so how did they die? Um, how did that, that person, one ever die? Uh, we believe it was liver cancer. Oh, we found wow. a lot of metastases in the liver.
0: Wow. Oh, okay. So do you have to do an <clears throat> autopsy for, like, everybody who dies?
2: No. So the coronal system is sort of set up by the Coroner's Act mm. and that lists out the circumstances in which you would need an autopsy. So it's basically anything that's sort of unexplained or violent or mm. in other in any other way is suspicious. So right. anything mm-hmm. like a suicide or a mm-hmm. car accident or mm-hmm. anything sudden and unexpected, essentially. Oh, okay. okay. I see. So if the person kind of died off of a illness or something, yeah.
0: you know, they died of that illness. Yeah, exactly. Right. We would get
2: their doctor to like sign off on it and say, mm-hmm. you know, they died of this. Right. Then it's all, it doesn't need investigating.
0: Okay. Right. So a- what made you go into mortuary, foren- what was it? Forensic, forensic mortuary, mortuary, mortuary practice. Yeah. yeah. What was it that made you want to go there?
2: So through high school, I always sort of wanted to be a forensic pathologist, which is the doctor that does the autopsy. Mm-hmm. And um, coming out of high school, like I had a bit of a rough year sort of at the end of high school. So I didn't have the grades to get into medical school. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, you must so, have listened
0: to uh, convos on navigating academia. I did indeed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you were not alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, so I went, I got a scholarship actually to go to Western Sydney for mm-hmm. any degree. Oh, wow. And I went to an open day for scholarship recipients mm-hmm. and they were advertising a new degree that they had, which was medical science with a major in forensic mortuary practice. Mm-hmm. And I thought, since I'm really interested in anatomy and forensics, this mm-hmm. sounds like the perfect combination. Right. Um. So yeah, back to what I was saying earlier. Uh, yeah so we did the mock autopsy on the embalmed cadaver, and mm-hmm. then we had a couple of weeks of placement actually in the forensic mortuary, so helping out with with autopsies then as well, wow. yeah, and then you progressed and actually, like after you graduated, you got a job at a mortuary. is that right? I did not as an autopsy technician. Mm-hmm. I worked in the office, so I was doing admin, so I was preparing the autopsy reports right. for the coroner, yeah, um, but I did still have some exposure because. Obviously, taking such an interest. All the doctors that I worked with were really keen on um, helping me with that and mm-hmm. helping me to learn. So I was able to go and observe them doing autopsies sometimes and help out, which oh, was really cool. That Dang. is very cool. Yeah.
1: Oh, so was your cadaver labs like the first time you'd ever seen a dead
0: body? Yeah. Ooh. How did that feel? Yeah. Um,
2: in the cadaver labs, it's kind of like. They don't really feel, I mean, obviously you know that they're real people, but since they're preserved, they look all sort of grey and waxy and it's kind Mm. of like, a lot of times it's just like an arm or a leg or a brain. So Mm. it's kind of like just a specimen. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) on my first day of placement, when I opened a body bag for the first time and there was like a fresh person in there. Yeah. I I jumped because he looked like a person he wasn't all gray and waxy it looked like there was just some guy lying there yeah so yeah it was it it startled me it wasn't that I was looking at a dead body it was just that it looked like he was alive almost right yeah
0: oh my gosh and so after a person has died what kind of I guess cleanup is necessary to make them viewable. Like, I'm just thinking, like, a person, I, I understand a person who maybe was in a car crash or, you know, um, suffered from a mental illness and, and committed suicide. But a person who, you know, maybe passed away at home all alone, um, what kind of, what would that entail in terms of cleaning, cleaning up and presenting?
2: So, for someone with not too many like external injuries mm-hmm. or, um, Sometimes they might have like a little bit of vomit or a little bit of blood that mm-hmm. they've, you know, excreted. Is it just like expelled it's, because yeah, it's there in your body? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Or if they've been unwell, you know, leading up to death mm. or resuscitated even, they might have some blood oh. um, coming up through their mouths. Yeah. Um, so it's just sort of wiping anything away that mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. be distressing for the family. Um, putting a clean hospital gown on them. Yeah. Putting some blankets over them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Okay.
0: And can we talk a little bit about decomposition? Yes. Like, Do yeah, the bodies was, start to smell right away? Yeah, I like, was going to ask,
1: what like, kind of timeline do yeah. you, are, are you working with here?
2: Yeah, so basically any sort of body could come in. It could be someone who's died a few hours ago. It could be someone who's died years ago. Right. Like we got some skeletonized remains, things oh, like really? that. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, that is... I mean, it's... in. I don't mean to sound insensitive, but it is very fascinating because it's kind of like a mystery, right? Yeah, definitely.
2: And it's also really helpful because it's like this person might have been missing for years Mm -hmm. and, you know, their family family finally has some answers. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, But yeah, with the decomposition, like... If the body's kind of fresh, sort of within a couple of days, it doesn't usually smell too bad. Mm. Um, when you open it up, there's always a smell. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, you know, the body does start to break down pretty much immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and is
0: it from the inside
2: out that that yeah. happens? Is so, it because of our, like, bacteria yes, we Yes, absolutely. So, like, the oh. digestive tract will break down first because right. it's full of bacteria. Oh, so it really right. smells when you open it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So is it, like, our bodies are basically eating... It, ourselves from the inside out because the bacteria yeah. have nothing to eat?
2: Yeah. So, well, the bacteria just eat all our tissues. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So they start eating the tissue and the tissue breaks down, all the cells break down. Mm-hmm. That's uh, They call it autolysis, which is, right. you know, the cells breaking themselves down and mm-hmm. the bacteria eating the cells. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it can smell pretty bad. Sometimes, you know, if someone's been in their house for a couple of weeks yeah. or, you know, they've been near a heat source or oh, yeah. in water or something, then yeah. they obviously decompose quite quite quickly Mm -hmm. and how
0: do you um get over that or or are there were there methods that you did to kind of try and still be very respectful of you know the person
2: for the for like
0: for because of the smell smell. yeah Yeah.
2: so personally I didn't find that it bothered me that much it was quite strong but it was like I could deal with it yeah but um one of my classmates like he really couldn't handle it just yeah, wanted to enough. avoid the bodies mm. and uh, yeah absolutely fair enough it yeah. was it was horrible sometimes yeah. you know the smells awful
0: <laughs> yeah and did that change your relationship with death and dying working at a mortuary I
2: think it definitely did mm-hmm. um what was it to begin with to begin with I guess I'd thought about it but in sort of a very like clinical scientific sort of way right. it was very much like I was really interested in the death processes and like the disease and the yeah the science of it Mm -hmm. but afterwards especially after working in the office actually because in the office you sort of get all the information around the death Mm -hmm. when you're doing the autopsy it's very much the body is there and that's what you're investigating right but when you get the report, it's like you get the police report with details of the circumstances of the death mm-hmm. and it gives the history of the person who's died. Yeah. So it's sort of like gives you a different perspective on it because, you know, the full story and you think of their whole life, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, initially it did sort of give me quite bad um, health anxiety, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. And like anxiety about like my family and my partner of and course, stuff yeah. and really yeah. like paranoid about health conditions and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. But um, after sort of moving away from that field, it's gotten a lot better. And um, I think what it's given me is sort of an appreciation that this could be over at any moment. So I'm a lot less harsh on myself. And, um, yeah, just, like, making decisions and actively... Doing things that I enjoy rather than, you know, suffering through things for no reason, which is actually why I ended up quitting the job at mm-hmm. the mortuary office because I wasn't happy and I wanted to do something else. So I thought, what's the point? So, yeah, I, yeah, I was
1: about to ask if that like health anxiety was a contributing factor to why you ended up switching career paths.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um there was there are a few reasons I think, but that was definitely a contributing factor. It was Absolutely. getting quite bad like towards I, the end of
1: it. I also have struggled with health anxiety. And so I think like knowing that mine is quite to a lesser degree because I don't have that kind of t- tangential evidence or mm-hmm. what is t- transient evidence? What is so that? Ask me. Like physical evidence yeah. of how that sort of pathway happens mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that like I can very much understand that that was quite traumatizing, or not, mm-hmm. not necessarily traumatizing, but really stressful.
0: Yeah. yeah. What about um, dealing with the family members, uh, especially you, because you were kind of at the
2: front? Yeah. Right? How was so, that? We did have receptionists who did, they were sort of the first port of call, mm. but um, a lot of the times we only had two of them, so they would be sick or they would mm. take a day off because they're kids, so it would be up to the office staff to cover for them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, dealing with the families was a challenge. It was – you sort of never know what you're going to get when they ring. So when you pick up the phone, it could be anything. mm mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Yeah, it, it sort of varies. Like, sometimes you get people who are just so angry and they just oh. have issues with everything that you're doing and you can't help them and you can't answer their questions because mm-hmm. what they want isn't possible. Right. And – other times it will be just be people who are really really sad. Of course, And yeah. um
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, people just process grief very absolutely. differently. Yeah, exactly. Is it yeah. anger like the first stage of grief? I I think it's denial, isn't it?
0: Oh, maybe it's denial. Yeah, yeah. one of those yeah, denial and then anger. Interestingly,
2: uh, the stages of grief don't go in order. Oh, really? Like oh. you experience all the stages of grief, but the lady who originally came up with them, yeah said that it wasn't like an orderly process any of them can affect you at any time so it's much more of a experience with all of those feelings and could be simultaneous yeah absolutely oh my god! so it's not so much stages yeah Yeah, exactly yeah
0: now because of you having worked in a, a mortuary are there certain activities or things that you tend to avoid because you know how it can increase the rate of death
2: definitely like what <laughs> motorbikes Absolutely. i hear that all
0: the time from doctors yeah. who work in emergency rooms and from i mean i don't know any other mortuary other than you so i'm so glad you're on the podcast but just like i follow this TikTok-ter who who's a mortuary and she's just like do not go on a motorbike yeah, yeah.
2: Like, pretty much
0: yeah they're, they're, they're death extremely machines dangerous. yeah exactly um
2: the other thing i don't like helicopters or small planes, no. there were quite a few helicopter and small plane crashes. I don't know if that's like a, as frequent as motorbikes, mm. but um, there are enough of them to make me cautious. Yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, I think there were there were a few more things. Just like I'm extra paranoid about driving now because yeah, car I was say, I'm all not sure time. how you would get in a yeah. car after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And, um, would people of all ages kind of i know i mean, I know people of all ages die, but was there a certain age demographic that you tend to see at the mortuary?
2: so it sort of depended on the cause of death, mm. so we would see anyone from newborn to I think the oldest I saw was a hundred and five Wow, yeah, isn't the oldest person like a hundred and
0: eight? I have no idea. It must be, I, I know it's definitely like a Japanese person is the oldest living person, and they're definitely somewhere over 100. Mm. Um, But I don't know the oldest person who has died. Mm. Yeah, okay. I have no idea. I, uh, I mean, this might be a super ignorant question, but would a person who's 105 need an autopsy? Because yes, it's like they've died of old age. he
2: had a car crash. Oh! <gasps> Oh. He was still driving? I think so. Wow. Well, he must have been passenger. great cognition.
0: Or yeah, or or a passenger.
2: Uh, I oh don't exactly gosh. remember, but... Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, when I said it sort of varies based on age, it's like most of what we would see would be sort of between the ages of 40 and 70 mm. because it was people dying of like cardiovascular disease mm. or lung disease Um, that wasn't managed properly or mm. wasn't identified soon enough yeah. and things like that. So that would be a, a large part of the work that we got. Right. But there also, we had a lot of suicides and a lot of overdoses. Mm. Oh. That was very, very common. Yeah, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, my God. And um, just back to the 105-year-old, mm-hmm. um, with things like car crashes, mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious what has caused the death. So they do what's called an external examination. Mm -hmm. So they don't do a full autopsy, so they don't have to cut the body. Yeah. So they just examine the external injuries. Mm -hmm. And we also did CT scans to see the internal injuries. Oh, okay. As well as toxicology to determine whether they had anything in their bloodstream. Right. So basically, it's just to assess that that is the cause of death and that there are no suspicious circumstances. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are varying degrees of autopsy, if you like.
0: Right. So would you have to work closely with
2: police then? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask about legal team as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where I worked, it was actually in the same building as the coroner's court. Mm.
1: So we had a lot to
2: do with them because we were preparing the reports for the coroner, essentially. Mm -hmm. So And, you know, it was my job as a secretary to help my doctors that I worked for get ready for their court cases when they were going to court. Mm, Right. And I I assume not every autopsy will end in a court case. No, definitely not. It's just um, the ones that require coronial inquest, which is if there's sort of a determination that needs to be made. So if it's in the interest of public safety or something like that, then it will go to inquest. Or if it's, you know, undetermined and needs further investigation by the coronial system, Mm -hmm. then
0: yeah. Now, what would happen if those people requested that their body be, say, donated to science or organ donation, would they still go through an autopsy first, or would that autopsy occur in a medical hospital?
2: Yeah, so with organ donation, mm-hmm. sometimes people would be brain dead in a hospital before coming to us, so mm-hmm. they would still undergo organ donation before okay. coming to us. Oh, okay. And even after coming to the mortuary, they would undergo... Um, Corneal donation, so they would take the eyes. The eye bank would come and remove the eyes yeah. even after they died. And bones were the other thing as well oh, that wow. they would donate.
0: Yeah, wow. I didn't and know you could donate bones. Yeah. neither did I. I didn't know you could donate eyes. Wait, where do, I knew you could donate eyes, but wh- who who did who did the bones go I'm to? I'm not exactly sure.
2: Fascinating. I don't really know. I bet what it's they for like
1: teaching them. or something. Maybe, Maybe. but it, you know, I'm it not could... really
2: sure because it comes through the like organ and tissue donation. Um, oh,
1: maybe
0: they're extracting like plasma
1: or something. I, mean, I have
2: no hmm.
0: idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe for like bone reconstruction. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna Google be. this yeah. later. I'm absolutely googling this one. <laughs> this go is home. this is very very cool.
1: So when you when you are actually doing the autopsy, what kind of PPE do you have to wear? Because like mm. if you don't know what the disease was, yeah. or if you don't know what the cause of death was, I imagine you have to be quite careful. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, so usually there's some sort of indication if the person has an infectious disease Mm -hmm. and it is full PPE. There's an isolated room that they do them in, so they have air filtration and everything like that so it doesn't get to the outside of that sealed-off room. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, even just for a regular autopsy, there's lots of of PPE. So it was like a, a gown, another plastic gown, then another... Plastic gown with sleeves and um, long, like, thick plastic sleeve cuff things, I guess. Oh, yeah. I think Mm. I've seen, like, them
0: in, you know, the movies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) CSI and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And um, usually two pairs of gloves on one hand and three on the other. So Uh, why you would have sort of rubber, like normal latex gloves on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Then on one hand, you would have a, they call them cut proof gloves, but they are certainly not cut proof, but (laughs) cut resistant (laughs) gloves. And then a thicker like rubber glove, like a dishwashing glove over the top. why three on one and two on the other? Because on your cutting hand, you don't want to be impeded by the thickness of the cut proof glove. (sighs) Right. And on the other hand, if you're not cutting with that hand, you're more Mm -hmm. likely to cut that hand right. so it's sort of okay. dexterity and you don't really need to protect the hand that's doing the cutting mm-hmm. yeah and, and
1: so one glove is not enough you need to do the double the latex and then the big rubber glove because yeah. like i'm thinking back to the advice of like sex education where like two condoms doesn't make it more safe oh. <laughs> like, it, it actually makes it more dangerous does it, it so it doesn't necessarily
2: impede the use of your hands in any way no and i mean it's a bit to get used to and it doesn't i mean if you put on two latex gloves they're more likely to break but the latex glove under the rubber glove that's covering you for if there's any fluids or because you don't want to be touching any of that really Right. yeah (laughs) um so yeah and the the danger of ripping the gloves is sort of more if you're just wearing the latex gloves if you've got the thicker rubber gloves on then you're not really going to snag it on bones or anything mm-hmm. it's probably going to be fine right
0: okay. and does um does a, a, a body have still a lot of fluids yeah like I guess I mean I mean fair enough well, where the hell is it going to go <laughs> but I'm just thinking like you know if I cut a living flesh like if I cut myself I'm going to be bleeding out yeah. right would a what a body that is dead would still bleed out?
2: Yeah, but not to like the same extent obviously because there's not that pressure going through right, the body the heart's yeah. not pumping the blood and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's still all the blood is still there it's just not moving. Oh, okay. So and like when you're cutting open the stomach and things like that, mm-hmm. it's sort of this fluid in there and it depends on the level of decomposition as well because mm-hmm. if the body's sort of liquefied at all, then there's decomposition fluid. and
0: Right. So, yeah. And so you said that you remove the organs, right? And I'm just thinking back to our dissections yeah. that we did, right? And I very much said, like, do not cut parts of the digestive system. But when you do an autopsy, do you cut, like, you know, here's the esophagus and let's cut it away from the stomach or do you kind of... Take the entire digestive system as one full organ.
2: Yeah. So for a full autopsy, which is three cavities—so head, chest, and
0: abdomen—you
2: uh-huh. take everything out from the tongue to the anus in oh, one wow. go. Oh wow! So you—it's all, all connected. connected. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah. So you try and maintain that connective tissue between mm-hmm. all of that because it's sort of all anchored to the anterior side of the vertebral column at mm-hmm. the back mm-hmm. and you try and keep that intact so that you can present it to the pathologist on the table (laughs) and they can just go and do their little dissections and take the tissue samples that they need to without having to, you know, try and find different things. It's all connected and it's all... You can see if there's linkages between different organs. So, like, the... To see if someone has a gallstone in their bile duct like mm-hmm. you can see the connection to the liver and things like that like oh. it's it's very cool do you okay because i i get this and so maybe i'm a projecting
0: but when i see things like uh inside of a body like when i go to a museum and things like that i tend to end up feeling that organ inside my body like this is the weirdest <laughs> thing but um a few of my friends know this i'm basically afraid of my own skeleton affair. Because I don't like I don't like cracking bones. I don't like thinking that I have a skeleton.
1: because this <laughs> No, sound no, so no I,
0: I understand what you mean. It's sort of
1: like when someone tells you like how many times per minute you blink, and then yes. you start
0: feeling yes. every exactly. single blink. Well, when life. you yeah. start thinking
2: about breathing, like yes. Yes. you don't consciously breathe, but when you think about it, you start consciously breathing. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so
0: when I start thinking about the fact that I have a skeleton, I start like feeling my kneecaps, and then I'm <laughs> like oh my god those things are just floating there or like thinking about like my hip joints and i just like you know thinking about how they're moving and scraping against each anyways i'm freaking myself out but <laughs> <laughs> did you ever get that like by you know seeing those bodies and seeing those organs and almost being like oh my god this is like what my stomach must look like or you know anything like that
2: yeah kind of i don't think i ever really had that like Freak out about, <laughs> oh no, things are moving around in there. And, um, Halloween for me is a nightmare. I'm just walking around, just spooky skeletons. Skeletons everywhere. everywhere. Skeletons in bags of meat everywhere yeah, exactly. around here.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I've seen a, a skeleton of a spider, and that freaking mind-boggling since they're doesn't invertebrates
1: it, yeah I was gonna say, doesn't everybody see the skeleton of a spider aren't they exoskeletons? oh no no no.
0: sorry i mean like literally in walmart there's a meme going around where they have the plastic a, ones a, yes yeah. <laughs> a spider skeleton so
1: okay then maybe you can clear this up for me because i've seen this very wonderful halloween display in america i saw a picture of it online where there is a there are two skeletons sitting next to each other and one of them is a boy skeleton and the other one is a girl skeleton where the Rib cage is sort of protruded. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> From what I understand, my rib cage looks exactly the same as a man's or a cis man's. Maybe smaller. But yeah, That's maybe a little thing. bit shaped like smaller, yeah. more compact. And the, I think less they don't ribs, have, right?
2: Females have less. Or more ribs than a male. I not think so. No, I think they're the same. Oh, really?
0: We have the yeah. same number of ribs? Oh, yeah. okay. But damn it. But that, no, that they definitely, protrusion. we
2: do not have bone boobs. Yeah, no. there we go. Yeah, yeah no, no bone boobs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed by an autopsy specialist, we do not have <laughs> bony <laughs> boobs. It was
1: the funniest Halloween display I've seen in a while. <laughs> oh my God, that's
0: amazing. <laughs> but were there anything that like, you know, y- you'd come up that, Kind of was different to you that maybe you you hadn't even thought of was
2: inside your body or like how a specific organ looked? Yeah, I'm not really sure because I'd sort of done anatomy for a few years oh, like yeah. beforehand. So it was a sort little of all like, oh, you know, this is the same, but it's mm. less hard. It's like just really soft Squishy. now. Yeah, and exactly. Just a bit more delicate. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to boobs, actually, interestingly oh, enough. Ooh. Breast implants. Oh yeah, they look really weird. But did you have to cut them out? Well, we just because they sort of sit on top of the rib cage. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing an autopsy, you start with what they call a Y incision. So you start from sort of the neck Mm. and you go down over the collarbones and meet just like where the sternal notch is. Yeah. And then you just go straight down to the pubic bone, like Mm -hmm. through the like around the belly button. Did you have to use a saw? I did. (gasps) But. For the first bit, you just use a scalpel, because right. you're just getting through the like skin and muscle mm-hmm. and connective tissue. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of pull that away to reveal the rib cage. Mm-hmm. So that's just sort of sitting there, you know, bony, muscly. But the breast implants sit on top of that. So oh, they're just yeah. sort of underneath the skin. They're in sort of a little pocket. Underneath oh. the skin, but above the rib cage. Uh-huh. So we took them out yeah. and placed them to the side mm-hmm. because we didn't want to puncture them during the autopsy. Yeah, yeah. but we Do did... people request that you put them back in for well, the for viewing? Well, we we yeah. put them back in because that's we when we're reconstructing, we're trying to take them to what they would normally look like right, as right. much as possible which mm-hmm. is obviously not possible if there's you know a lot of injuries or whatever but you're trying your best to sort of make them look as they would normally mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah we we put them back in when we were done but um okay.
1: so just, if, if you never told anyone about your breast implants and then you died it would still look like you had the same boobs for the viewing yeah they would they would
0: look as they do okay. they wouldn't have. yeah life. imagine like Hey, I I don't remember Sarah having such to notice small boobs. <laughs> what a weird thing to notice. And it's your...
2: like with the deceit, like you give the clothing back to the family. Yeah, but that was another You wouldn't thing just I was like ask. give their breast implants back in <laughs> the same bag as the clothing.
0: What are these water filled balloons giving <laughs> me? Yeah.
2: yeah, so with saw, that's after you take the skin off the ribcage, mm-hmm. that's when you use the saw. But it's not really well, you don't use a saw for that. You use like sort of like garden shears actually oh, really? to clip each rib Yeah. Wow. use the saw for the skull to take the skull off to the skull cap to oh. get at the brain
0: Yeah. so why is it important to get the brain
2: so it sort of depends it's like in most cases they won't actually take the brain mm. um, because most of the time they can see the cause of death in the chest cavity mm-hmm. so it'll be something like coronary artery disease so it'll be in the heart they'll see a blockage mm-hmm. you've got your cause of death so yeah. you stop Mm -hmm. you only investigate as far as you need to sort of thing. Which is what I was saying with the external stuff. Like you you only, yeah, you've got to do the most minimally invasive examination you can.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I have a follow-up question that because I watch a lot of things like CSI (laughs) and stuff. What if, like, that wasn't the real cause of death? What if that, you know, what if that was a mistake. I, I guess it's not a mistake I am very much understand the professionals yeah. but like what if the external injury doesn't match what the internal actual cause of death was.
2: Yeah so that's why we also used CT scan oh, right. to, to see what was inside mm-hmm, so sometimes mm-hmm. even if someone had really bad coronary artery disease like mm-hmm. if it was documented by their GP and found on CT you wouldn't even need to cut them open Right. Of but course. if anything major is going to be internal, then it's going to show up on a CT so you can go and investigate if there's anything that looks like it wasn't you know, just a plain old car crash. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people might have a stroke or a heart attack that leads to the car crash and things like that. So Mm -hmm. then you would know from the CT scan. right? And the other thing we did is toxicology. Yeah, I was going to ask about toxicology. Yeah, toxicology toxicology was on CT scan and toxicology on every, pretty much every case that came through. Right. So if there's any, you know, suspicious substances in the blood Mm. or you
0: know, so Is, how long does these substances last in the
2: blood? That was going to be my question. Yeah, yeah. it and varies. Does it,
1: does it vary depending on the organ
0: or
2: like Ooh. the tissue that it's in? So, we would take blood for toxicology. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a significant decomposition and there was no blood left, we'd sometimes take liver tissue because mm. it does stay a bit longer. No blood left,
1: it. where did it go? It, if it just sort of does like just or... oh. if they
2: decompose really badly, yeah. then there's sort of the whole body's sort of liquid, so you can't I really see. isolate. If there's blood or not, because it's all sort of,
1: yeah, yeah, it all mixes in (laughs) a
2: solution. (laughs) So if you can find some liver tissue, liver tissue.
0: Mm. Um, What what a such a decomposed body. I guess I don't know the rate of decomposition, and it depends, right? Like where the body was was found, but
2: like average, yeah, on average, how long would certain substances stay within the body? It really depends, and some of them, like you can't detect them. After you know a few days, sort yeah. of thing. But whatever was in their body when they died mm-hmm. will still be there at autopsy, sort of right. thing. Pretty much because yeah. there's um, no digestive process happening. Yeah, anymore. like in the blood's not really going anywhere, and yeah, right. it's sort of more or less. I'm, yeah, pretty sure that it sort of hangs around for a little while. So yeah. the
0: the person that came in that was severely decomposed and so forth they they were skeletal. I, do you still do a toxicology report?
2: You can't, if there's no tissue, like blood or liver to take to analyze, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then you can't really do it. Like you're not going to find anything from just bones. Right. So So can you do like carbon dating? Yes, but I don't think we tended to do that. Mm. I think um, it really depends on what the circumstances are because most of the skeletal remains that we would get were identified as being a missing person. Oh, so see. they were matched up with a person already, so it was sort of vaguely known how long it had been since they'd mm. gone missing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was by DNA analysis. So you can get DNA from the very middle of the bones. Oh, I after think they did while. that by dental record. They Ooh. dental's the first port of call, but if you don't have teeth or you don't have uh, an established dental record for someone, because sometimes like people come from overseas, they haven't mm. been to a dentist before right. or whatever. Um, then they go for DNA. So dental's the first option because it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier, it's a lot cheaper, and it's really accurate. But, yeah, if there's not enough dental evidence, then they would do DNA. Wow,
0: Mm. from the middle of the bone, you say? Yeah,
2: so from, from like, the the bone marrow. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. I have one question, because
1: you keep mentioning this, Anastasia, Mm -hmm. of, like, I watch a lot of CSI. How much CSI-type shows did you watch before your degree versus... Now versus like after having done the work, mm. and if you have seen it, how
2: accurate is it? <laughs> I haven't watched much ever okay. before or after. Okay, mm. basically it's not. Oh uh, fair, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my parents used to make fun of me because they'd be sitting there watching like some British crime show, and I'd be like, "That's wrong, that's wrong. <laughs> they don't do it like that. No, that's not it. They don't do it like that." Yeah, they'd be like, "Shut up."
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I feel very similarly about like um like movies like The Meg or mm. um like any any time they have to go in like a submarine or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel, feel like overall,
0: similar. you know, scientists, I'd consider all three of us STEM. scientists here. Yeah, yeah, yeah STEM people in, in STEM. Very hard to watch movies um, with, especially when the movie is about that person's topic. Like yeah. when, when I was watching um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the vo- most recent one, Ooh, that's and how one. they evolve <laughs> <laughs> the thing to basically into yeah. a human. And I'm like,
2: ah, oh, like I was come sitting on. in the movie theater, like going to my partner, like that, that's not real. That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why
0: is the epitome of evolution? human form (laughs) Yeah, shout out to
1: all the non-scientist partners of scientists yeah because you probably
0: can never watch a sci-fi movie in peace no no i'm so sorry i I agree (laughs) although in in my case my partner is probably a bigger scientist than i am (laughs) just in terms of knowing facts Mm. (laughs) so um and history and literally everything like he really um, he's really into war war movies and like really into history and stuff. So we'll be watching like some war movie and he'd be like that gun that they're using that is way too old. Like how could they be <laughs> using that gun that gun is from 2018. This is a World War Two movie and I'm sitting there being like. <laughs> it just all looks the same. You pull a trigger and it goes boom. <laughs> like, but it's really fascinating. Like, yeah. I actually appreciate it. I want to hear more yeah. to be like, okay, but then sasha how's it really done? Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. Tell me. My, tell family, me my, my family did enjoy that a yes. little bit. And my partner studied forensic science as well. He studied like <gasps> no crime scene investigation. Yes. So so. Cool. Wait, so he is CSI. He didn't end up getting a job in that ah. field, but he would have been <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and he's still he could be he's you know got the degree to do that so yeah. he oh, does wow.
1: the the before and then you would do the after yeah like, pretty
2: much he he's at the site he, he's at the scene the during the body evidence collection the body comes to us yeah oh, oh my goodness what a dynamic
0: duo <laughs> yeah i know right so what is i guess the difference between a person who works at a mortuary and a person who works in a funeral home
2: yeah right so someone who works in a funeral home, they're going to be dealing more with the funeral process. Hmm. So they're going to be planning the funeral with the families. They're going to be embalming the body. Is, oh, you don't that...
1: embalm the body? We don't, know. And is that what a, a mortician yeah. does? Okay, yeah. so you're technically not a, a mortician. No,
2: what I would have been doing would have been an autopsy technician, or mm-hmm. as the, the job title, I think, was forensic mortuary technician. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. okay. So a forensic autopsy is different to... A hospital autopsy is different to what they do in a funeral home. Yeah. Got
0: it. Okay, can you tell us the difference between the three, please? <laughs> so,
2: yeah, absolutely. So, a forensic autopsy is when, like I mentioned before, the cause of death needs to be investigated because mm. it comes under the coroner's act, so it legally has to be investigated if it's, you know, suspicious or violent or in any way, you know, unexpected, like a young person just drops dead or mm-hmm. whatever. A hospital autopsy is if they sort of know what happened, but they want to get further information. Okay. So say if someone had, like, complications during birth Mm -hmm. and the baby died, Mm -hmm. they would, like, if they knew what happened, but they wanted to investigate further, then they would do that autopsy in a hospital. I see. So it's like, the cause of death is explained, but they want more information about Mm -hmm. how it happened or any potential risk factors Mm -hmm. or... Things like that. Kind of
0: like okay. um, basically scientific yeah. um, information on how to maybe prevent it like Yeah. If it's preventable
2: in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Okay. And then in a funeral home, they're doing the embalming. They're preparing the body for the funeral. They're, you know, doing the cremation, things mm. like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you mind if I ask you about if you've ever thought about your own death?
2: Yeah. Ooh, I have. Existential. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I have. Um, I did have a lot of, like, mental health sort of struggles as yeah. well. So I think that came into it a lot mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. sort of thinking, what would it be like if I wasn't here and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So there's that sort of side of it, but also the fun, like, what would I want to happen to my body when I die? And, yeah. like, I talk to my partner about it all the time, and he's so sick of me asking, like, what do you want me to do with your body when you die? <laughs> what do you want to do with your body when you I'm die? I'm really sure. I think... I don't really like the idea of embalming because those chemicals are kind of, they I think they call them forever chemicals because yeah. they don't really go away. Exactly, and yeah. they stop
0: the decomposition process. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's basically. Um, I think they call it. Um, oh my gosh, never mind. I don't. I don't remember what they call it. But basically, all of those bodies don't decompose, yeah. so yeah. they just sit there in in the ground. Unfortunately. Yeah.
2: They- they would decompose eventually, but it oh, takes okay. a really long time yeah. and the chemicals are still there. They, yeah, even once the body's go. oh, actually yes. gone. The chemicals hang around in the soil and mm-hmm. impact the ecosystems and things like yeah. that. Um cremation also not the best option because of all the it. like smoke, pollution yeah. and things. Yeah. Um I think ideally I'd like some sort of green burial, I think they're calling them. So I know of a company in the US that puts you in like essentially it's almost like a shipping container and they sort of compost you. Yes. Oh, yes. They I've do heard like, about oh, yeah. I've
1: seen these are like, um, I've, the one that I saw online. I don't know if it actually exists, but the one that I saw, it's like they kind of put you in like a biodegradable sack and then basically plant you with a tree. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. your nutrients as you decompose will help to give the tree nutrients. Yeah. yeah. I'm not
2: sure that that's actually like. Happened anywhere, no, mostly because of um, legalities. I think. I think Why? it's mostly like there's a lot of places that have really strict laws on how you can bury someone. But your yeah. own body, you'd think. Although, but it's let's face land. it, we don't have we don't,
0: autonomy over yeah. our own body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, even so.
2: even living, we
1: yeah. don't have even that living. much choice. <laughs> but like technically, it is like their land. Like who owns land, whatever. But you know, the, the, mm. the I guess they get to control. Yeah,
2: and I guess the government as well has concerns about like whether people are disposing of remains respectfully and things like that. Mm-hmm. And like it gets a bit unregulated if you just you know let people bury. People in their backyards and things oh, yeah, like that. Of so there's a lot of, and also people are just afraid of death. I think it's mm-hmm. still very taboo. So there's sort of these options are really new, and people mm-hmm. are not really wanting to talk about it. Yeah, so. yeah. people
1: really don't want to talk yeah. about it, and it's gotten to the point where um, loved ones will end up passing away from old age, not even and uh, an, a sudden death, mm-hmm. and the le- the live family is left with like basically a lot of not just questions, but also Uh, possessions Mm -hmm. and like um, sort of final tie ends of like finances and things Mm -hmm. Um, because I had a friend whose uh, grandmother had passed away and she hadn't done any sort of prep in terms of Things cleaning out things in her apartment, giving yeah. away items, and so they just had a whole apartment full of things mm-hmm. that hadn't been allocated in her
2: will to certain people, and they had to sort of guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes people die without even making a will at all, which complicates yeah. the pr- the legal process of like Completely. obtaining the you know money or assets or whatever they had. It mm-hmm. makes it unbelievably complex. Yeah. Because I mean, people just don't want to think about it. Yeah. People, yeah they so it don't sort of prepare for it. But yeah.
1: honestly it, it, it is so I think important not just for the living but also for the dying to sort mm-hmm. of have that like I don't know sense of closure, sense right. of yeah. finality, sense of preserving one's memory
2: mm-hmm. I think and is
1: very important
2: yeah and also a sense of agency over the whole process like deciding what you want to happen when you're not here to say what you want to happen exactly. it's like that's so important I yeah. 100% agree
0: um, please turn me into diamonds I heard you <gasps> oh, can my turn mom wants to do that. remains into yeah. diamonds my mom- and I'm a sparkle sparkle girl
2: <laughs> <laughs> my mum wants to do that so she can turned into like a ring or a necklace or something yeah. so that her grandchildren can say oh did this belong to grandma no this is grandma <laughs>
1: Yes! I don't know, maybe you have to wait for a certain age to tell them that truth, because I think if you told that to a
2: small child, they'd, <laughs> they'd be like, no. I think <laughs> that my mom would want me to tell that to a small child. <laughs> <laughs> Traumatize them. That is amazing. Although I don't think you need that
0: many remains to actually create a diamond. I don't and think no, so. No, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. So the, the rest, rest of you. The rest can go into composting. The like like you said, science. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so I... I I don't know. I have some reservations about it. So my partner, bless his soul, he loves science. He's he's an amazing, amazing person. And it really took me aback when I'm an organ donor. I'm, I'm very happy to be Same. an organ donor. And he is an organ donor, but also he, on his card. So in Canada, you get to choose, right, on your driver's license. Same it in North America, says, right? right? Yeah. In, in America as and well. he also chose to donate his body to science. And that took me aback a little bit it I I, I'm obviously I'm a scientist I have reservations because I have you know been to anatomy labs where there were cadavers and it's just like I don't know there's just some sort of non-finality to it when somebody donates their body to science and to me it's like I can't think of my loved one um in in that in that way I don't know it makes me sad a little bit
2: I do understand that and With the finality, like the tissues that they use for anatomy labs in universities are only used for a certain period of time. Mm. They can only keep them for so long. Right. And then they can either choose to give them back to the families or they can respectfully cremate them and put them in like a garden somewhere. right? Yeah. So there is kind of like that option of repatriation eventually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Because to
0: me, I thought it was like a forever. No, it's not just indefinite.
2: No, they can only use you for a certain amount of time. And then they ask your family, do you want us to respectfully cremate them and put them in our you know, donor garden mm-hmm, where they mm-hmm. put all the ashes of the donor parts that are yeah. not useful anymore. Or they will give them back to the families for mm-hmm. cremation or whatever. Oh, okay. Or they
1: could have you seen like the um it's, it's like the human body museum where they have like Is it body body Skeletons, yeah, 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 skeletons and muscle tissue. Like, there's a lot of controversy with with that, though. Is there?
2: Yeah. The um, the doctor that pioneered that, a forensic pathologist, Mm -hmm. he um, was accused of stealing bodies of prisoners. Yeah. <sighs> yeah,
0: especially from places like China. Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so. A, a lot of the controversy is that a lot well, of those bodies displayed never, like, basically without their consent.
2: Yeah, I don't think they ever like conclusively proved that yeah. that happened, but there was a lot of concern over yeah. things like that.
1: I mean, that's that's been a, a long time in history of of like. Poorly obtained Absolutely. science mm-hmm. bodies yeah. and yeah. cadavers. Exactly. Um, I know specifically of one because I share a last name with the person. Oh. Um, this is in uh, like 1800s England and Ireland, I think, uh-huh. like the UK in the 1800s. There was a scientist and a doctor mm-hmm. that. Maybe he wasn't even a scientist. But there was a doctor, Dr. Ronald Knox, and a man named William Burke.
0: Oh! And they... Your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. I don't know. <laughs> we could
1: probably not even be related. We just yeah. have the same last it, name. It is a fairly common last name. It yeah. is very. It's unfortunate. But the uh, they would go and they would asphyxiate people, murder them, <gasps> and then take their bodies to be used for science
2: and research. Oh my god.
0: I've heard of grave robbing. Yeah, around that same time there was a lot of
2: grave robbing because Mm. they I think it was because they said they couldn't use prisoners for it anymore. Mm. That people were going and making a little bit of side cash by grave robbing and selling the remains to medical schools yeah. oh my gosh. they would get so much money yeah. for yes
0: it. and I think that's where that story started I so this has just triggered a memory of um, this doctor who was paying these grave robbers and he was under the assumption that they were grave robbing but in reality they were actually murdering people yeah. because yeah. they'd get more money for the fresher the body I did
2: a week at Wollongong Mortuary, which is actually inside the hospital there, oh. and a week at the Lidcombe facility. Mm-hmm. And the mortuary is only on the ground floor in Lidcombe because it's easier to transport the bodies in and out. I mm. see. It just is easier yeah. to have all that downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think I ever felt scared. It's sort of... It feels like a hospital, you know. It's not like on crime shows. Everything's really well lit and really clean. Very clean, you know. It's like a hospital, basically. Because the scary
0: movies are definitely very. Oh yeah. No. Yeah, because
1: I was gonna say, did you did you believe in like any supernatural mm-hmm. things prior to actually studying? Yeah, I'm after. Not really. Maybe you believe in them now. <laughs> yeah, you had a weird situation where a finger twitched, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is it!"
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I've now never I really get had to meet a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I've never personally had any of those sorts of experiences. Like uh, mm. some of the people that I worked with uh, worked the night shift sometimes because you've got to have people there overnight to admit bodies. If they're coming in, because oh, I was going to say, why would you do that to a person? <laughs> it's the scariest time of the
0: night. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, to bring them in and store them in the fridge until the morning, mm. and they can be looked at. Mm-hmm. Um and they did report that sometimes you know there was a corner of the fridge that would make them feel <gasps> no! really uncomfortable Saoirse, this or... is terrifying! <laughs> they're giving me goosebumps this is terrifying um, oh my god and so where the bodies were admitted it's like this big concrete like warehouse uh-huh. and the vans drive in and they shut the doors so that no one can be lurking outside trying to catch a glimpse of a body because mm. freaks do would people that. People do that? Yeah. Oh my God. People are, people people are, are freaks. into everything. Yeah.
1: There's, something, some, I mean, yeah. there's something, some, yeah, something for everybody.
2: They're really Jesus. like morbid in like the worst way. Oh my um, God. <laughs> so anyway, the van would drive in and the doors would shut, mm-hmm. and then we would take the body, saw them in the fridge, and then the vans would drive out again. Uh-huh. And some people, I think, who worked the night shift reported that sometimes the roller doors would open on their own in the <gasps> middle of the night. And I think they checked it for like electrical faults and stuff and I don't think they could find anything.
0: Wow. Oh my god. I'm assuming
2: that it was just like some, you know, preset timer thing that was go off going don't off. Don't try to but... logic your way out of it. <laughs> no, my, it was 100% I'm just a ghost. trying to stop myself from being scared. <laughs> I was
1: gonna guess it was like some uh, like a automatic door trip or something. Yeah. You know? No, no, it's a creepy ghost like trying to sensor. let the other creepers in. There. He's just like
0: come check me but out. But I mean
1: a ghost wouldn't need to be let in would they they
0: could just no 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 but they're opening up the, the door for the for the living humans oh okay yeah Got that's it. what I'm thinking they want the creeps to come yeah, into the exactly building. yeah they're <laughs> working together
1: fascinating <laughs> they had an agreement prior and now they're actually coming through on that p-
2: agreement yeah exactly they're fulfilling
1: their
0: half of it <laughs> <laughs> that
2: is really yeah. spooky but I think the mortuary at Lidkem because it was brand new it was only built in like 2019 mm before that, they were in this old facility at Glebe. Oh, where making it s- old is
1: even worse. Yeah, yeah apparently exactly. that
2: was really creepy. Apparently, like, there were some rooms that, like, didn't have running water and stuff like that. But apparently that was really creepy there. Oh there was God. a lot of, like, spooky shit going on. But they I didn't, didn't work there, so I'm not really <laughs> aware of anything that yeah. happened. They didn't have
1: water, but- and yet the faucet would turn on. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. Do you ever go on, like, ghost tours and stuff? And I haven't.
2: Like- I've, I've been meaning to, but I haven't. Yeah. You should mm. maybe
0: maybe we'll all like go out on a ghost tour oh and you'll just be, be there being like oh, impossible. <laughs>
2: we'll, we'll record it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I think that would be cool. with recorded <laughs> field
2: trip. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. on the road. <laughs> ghost hunters.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is just gonna gonna become one of those like supernatural podcasts where oh, we're gonna oh be ghost my hunters. God.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was either that or um, a misogynistic one. You know. Mm. Where, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do, we'll, I we'll do just become white
2: men and talk about how we hate women.
0: Exactly. Uh, listen, it was one of two things. Those are the
2: only options for podcasts.
0: Literally the only two options. Yeah. I do love a supernatural podcast though, I must admit really? it. Really? I, do. I don't think I've I don't think I've listened to one and because I get I'm a freaking chicken. Oh, me too. Like, I'm afraid to now well. walk home at night just knowing that there was banging at a mortuary that I've never even stepped foot in. <laughs> but, it's all the way in Lidcombe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, this small sliver of evidence. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't. I'm like, saying it on the air. Now you know. But I am I afraid of scary things. Oh, I believe.
2: Just, I'm I'm afraid, of, like, yeah. scary things like, are scary. I don't you know? like horror movies. Like, I don't, no. I, oh. I can't do horror movies. God, yeah.
0: no. Not For not me, it
1: really depends on the horror movie. Like, really? there are some where I'm totally fine, mm-hmm. and I don't
0: know what the factor is that's different. Maybe it's the quality. Do you, <laughs> like, when you say horror movies, because there's horror movies that are, like, really realistic, and mm-hmm. then some that are, like, ghosts.
1: I, I think it's, like... <sighs> Because the Purge movies kind of freak me out because it is oh, about like human nature, oh. where it's like you have one night to do whatever illegal activity oh. you want. Mm.
2: Mm. Like that scares me because I know humans. Yeah, mm, that's yeah. what I always tell people when they're like, oh my god, it must have been so scary working with dead bodies. I'm like, I'm way more scared of living humans. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. way Absolutely. more scared.
1: <laughs> 100%. But then there's ones like scream like the classic mm. scream
0: um that it's i'm not scared at all yeah i agree i'm i'm not but i've watched scary movie which is a parody of scream i've not seen scary movie is it i funny? mean <clears throat> it's it's have I, you seen scary movie no okay it's a it's such an old movie that when you watch it now some things are in poor taste mm. um But it is a parody of a scary movie, which then made me be able to watch an actual scary movie being like, oh, my God, I remember that, like... It used to be a funny part in this other movie, though. It's a parody of this movie. Ah, so. okay. It, it made me feel better that way. But yeah, um, I feel like scary movie is you either love it or you hate it. Fascinating. Um, I don't know of anybody who kind of sits there in the middle being mm. like, yeah, no, it's like totally cool to watch on Saturday night. Like, Yeah. There's this one show that
1: I really love called Ghost Hunt.
2: It's
1: ooh. an animated show um and oh well that can't be real it's animated (laughs) no no, but that's the thing so it's animated but there are certain aspects of it that are based on truth like not the stories but like how they would conduct a investigation of a supernatural activity yeah yeah um but they uh and within that one show i think it's like 12 episodes or Mm -hmm. something within that one show there are so many episodes I feel nothing. Yeah. And then there's one episode where I'm like, I'm scarred for life. I can never watch this again. I can't step outside my house when
0: it's dark. That's fair. And I I just don't know what the difference is. I am if i do end up watching a scary movie which <clears throat> i typically don't but i absolutely I, will not after today <laughs> yeah i mean I, I will if it's like a, people getting all around me and they're just like do you want to watch me?" scary movie? and i'm like sure because i don't want to be a, like a loser and be like no i'm scared <laughs> so i'll watch it because everybody else is doing it <clears throat> because per pressure um but then what i'll do is i'll go home and i will youtube the behind the scenes of the movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> of like actors getting their scary makeup and i'm like ah that okay, makes cool. you, yeah that's yeah. really good yeah. i i would love
1: then to sit down with you sorsha and have like a scary movie and just watch you go nah
0: nope <gasps> yeah <Got that. laughs> like play the there's a mortuary game um oh. it's a horror game that like a lot of people are are i like to watch a lot of playthroughs on youtube but yeah there was one that was going around and everybody was playing it and like you had to do things oh. like you know drain parts of the yeah, body and right. things like that but you know it just so happens that one of the bo- bodies is satan um <laughs> spoilers i guess <laughs> okay well like you've got to find which one of the bodies is satan um and yeah it's really spooky uh, mm. but th- the setting itself obviously makes it spooky Already to be a <laughs> yeah. you know. um
1: Spooky's a mindset. It's not necessarily a, a location or a, yeah. a a particular event. I think it's much more like like you said that you had those coworkers that were like that part of the freezer yeah. just feels weird. Mm. I think it's very much like it's a probably was very
0: cold. Well yeah, that's how that's what it feels like when a ghost touches you. But it's also a freezer. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be different if I was like, Oh my god, let me open this oven. What? Why is it cold? <laughs>
2: and it's like if someone tells you that you're going to feel something, it's like you're oh, probably very yeah. likely to go and feel that. I mean exactly. that's what we which were is were why those about. ghost tours work. Because yes. they're telling you how you're going to be feeling. Like you're going to feel someone <laughs> grabbing your ankles and then yeah. You do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or you or might
1: th- see an apparition. And yeah. Then you do.
0: Exactly. And it's always just like, there is one person here that might feel a tingle, and you want to be that one person. <laughs> yeah. You want
1: to be that it's, one person. I feel like it's the same way that hypnotism
0: works. Oh, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Hypnotism is exactly like that but as it, well. it's
1: also absolutely what we were talking about at the start about like how when you see skeletons or you hear about like dissections, you become more aware of your body. Mm. Yeah, I remember you say that. Yeah. So yeah that's yeah. very true. I think it's
0: the same the
1: same concept.
0: I hundred percent agree. um Sersha, just to kind of end this off on maybe a kind of an advisory note, if you have a person who's looking into maybe going into that career path uh, or uh, a person who is afraid of death, you know, I, I think that that is a very common fear yeah absolutely. um do you have any advice for both of those people, both of those yeah. types of people?
2: So, for someone who's interested in getting into that line of work, I would say the most important thing is to be aware of what it sort of entails. So... A, it's not like the crime shows, mm-hmm. which a lot of people anticipate that it is. And B, it actually involves a lot of science. Mm-hmm. Like the degree that I did, we started off with 25 people in the first year. Yeah. And by third year, we were down to five. Wow. Ooh, that's because a Because people out. weren't, they thought they were just going to be coming in, just cutting the bodies and doing embalming and mm-hmm. stuff. But it's actually, we learned a lot of chemistry. We did some physics. We right. did biochemistry. We did lots of anatomy. Yeah, I mm. was going to say it's, so It's hard. Much it's complicated. Yeah. You, know, you need to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you might cut something wrong. And, you know, beyond damaging a person, the doctor is going to yell at you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also
1: you could file an incorrect report to the cor- coronary? Cor- to forget- the coroner? Coroner. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you could... Provide a false
2: report, yeah, which would I mean, have then
1: different legal ramifications as well. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really important work.
2: It is. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of unlikely that anything's going to be super incorrect, just because there's so many sort of eyes on it, checking everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, after, if you do anything wrong, like, if you cut something wrong, then you just let the pathologist know and they'll note it in their report that it, something was damaged during the autopsy and it wasn't, you know, a suspicious finding or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's so important to do things correctly. Like, even just... You know, making sure the samples are labeled to the right person and oh things gosh. like that. Yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine how many times that happens because it absolutely happens for things
1: like spiders. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. Would,
0: uh, it's so frustrating yeah. for M- Mislabeling is a very just common yeah. mistake That's happening in every single career witness. path. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So yeah, for, for anyone who's interested, I would say learn what it's actually about and learn the science mm. because you'll need it. Right. Um for anyone who's afraid of death, I think just Willing to be curious about it and learning as much as you can about every aspect of death is really helpful. Like, I've heard a lot of people who are scared of death until they go and look at, like, how different cultures deal with death or Mm -hmm. they look at different ways people bury their loved ones or they go and investigate, you know, responses to grief and often they end up really interested in these processes and are approaching death with sort of more of a curiosity rather than a fear so mm-hmm. i think knowing your enemy is sort of really valuable in in assuaging that fear a little bit
1: yeah that's, that's amazing that's a great outlook i love that
0: thank you so much you've been listening to Convos on death uh and we will see you next time conversations, conversations. with cool